Krishna, <clears throat> dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books. Feels so good to be back and starting to get regulated and reading every night to you all. It's just life, it's real life, transcendental sound, cre creating uh, a haven in the hive. So here we are in the live studios uh, in, in Haven with our uh, trusted assistant, uh, Abhaya Das Brahmachari. And um, yeah, it's exciting to read the Bhagavad Gita as it is, all the way through, cover to cover. It's exciting. I'm so enlivened. Before we do, before we start, we're going to read the Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram because it applies equally to the Bhagavad Gita and the Srimad Bhagavatam. <clears throat> it goes like this. Sarva Shastrabdi Piyusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarva Lokaika Drikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana Srimad Bhagavata Prabho Kalidvanduditaditya Sri Krishna Parivartita O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Prema Varshakshadayate Sarvadasavasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Medekabando Matsangin Madguro Mad Mahadana Manistadagamad Bhagya my only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu saduta dayin atini chochatakada hanamunchagadachin mam premna ritkantahyospura O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Okay, <clears throat> the title of this reading is Bhagavad Gita, uh, Front Matter, Part 3. We're on the introduction to the Bhagavad Gita, a classic bit, bit, bit of literature. 
then Prabhupada, practically speaking, just dictated word for word. Didn't hardly need any editing. Amazing. We're beginning with the paragraph in the introduction that begins, it is also explained in the Gita. Bhagavad Gita, the foundation for our house of bhakti. It is also explained in the Gita that impersonal Brahman is also subordinate to subordinate to the complete Supreme Person. Brahmanohi Pratishtaham. Brahman is more explicitly explained in the Brahma Sutra to be like the rays of the sunshine. The impersonal Brahman is the shining rays of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Impersonal Brahman is incomplete realization of the Absolute Whole, and so also is the conception of Paramatma. In the 15th chapter, it shall be seen that the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Purushottama, is above both impersonal Brahman and the partial realization of Paramatma. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is called Satchidananda Vigraha. The Brahma Sangita begins in this way. Ishwarat Parama Krishna Satchidananda Vigraha Anadir Adir Govinda Sarvakarana Karanam. Govinda, Krishna, is the cause of all causes. He is the primal cause and he is the very form of eternity, knowledge and bliss. And that's what Satchit Ananda Vigraha means. The very form of eternity, knowledge and bliss. Impersonal Brahman realization is the realization of his Sat, eternity feature. Paramatma realization is the realization of Satchit, eternity and knowledge. But realization of the personality of Godhead, Krishna, is realization of all the transcendental features, Satchit and Ananda, eternity, knowledge and bliss, in complete Vigraha form. People with less intelligence consider the Supreme Truth to be impersonal, but He is a transcendental person, and this is confirmed in all Vedic literatures. Nityo nityanam chetanas chetananam kata upanishad 2.2.13 As we are all individual living beings and have our individuality, the Supreme Absolute Truth is also, in the ultimate issue, a person. And realization of the Personality of Godhead is realization of all of the transcendental features of in, in His complete form. The complete whole is not formless. If He is formless, or if He is less than any other thing, he, then He cannot be the complete whole. 
The complete whole must have everything within our experience and beyond our experience. Otherwise, it cannot be complete. The complete whole, personality of Godhead, has immense potencies, parasya shaktir vividaiva shuyate. How Krishna is acting in different potencies is also explained in Bhagavad Gita. This phenomenal world or material world in which we are placed is also complete in itself because the 24 elements of which this material universe is temporary is a temporary manifestation according to Sankhya philosophy are completely adjusted to produce complete resources which are necessary for the maintenance and subsistence of the universe. There is nothing extraneous nor is there anything needed. This manifestation <clears throat> has its own time fixed by the energy of the Supreme Whole and when its time is complete these temporary manifestations will be annihilated by the complete arrangement of the complete. There is complete facility for the small complete units namely the living entities to realize the complete and all sorts of incompleteness are experienced due to incomplete knowledge of the complete. Prabhupada dictated that right into the dictaphone. Amazing sentence. I'll read it again. There is complete facility for the small complete units, namely the living entities, to realize the complete. And all sorts of incompleteness are experienced due to incomplete knowledge of the complete. So Bhagavad Gita contains the complete knowledge of Vedic wisdom. All Vedic knowledge is infallible and Hindus accept Vedic knowledge to be complete and infallible. For example, cow dung is the stool of an animal and according to Smriti or Vedic injunction, if one touches the stool of an animal, he has to take a bath to purify himself. But in the Vedic scriptures, cow dung is considered to be a purifying agent. One might consider this to be contradictory, but it is accepted because it is Vedic, a Vedic injunction. And indeed, by accepting this, one will not commit a mistake. Subsequently, it has been proved by modern science that cow dung contains all antiseptic properties. So Vedic knowledge is complete because it is above all doubts and mistakes. And Bhagavad Gita is the essence of all Vedic knowledge. Vedic knowledge is not a question of research. Our research work is imperfect because we are researching things with imperfect senses. We have to accept perfect knowledge which comes down as, it is, as is stated in Bhagavad Gita by the Parampara, disciplic succession. We have to receive supreme spiritual, we have to receive knowledge from the proper source in disciplic succession beginning 
with the Supreme Spiritual Master, Lord Krishna Himself, and handed down to a succession of spiritual masters. Arjuna, the, the student who took lessons from Lord Sri Krishna, accepts everything that he says without contradicting him. One is not allowed to accept one portion of Bhagavad Gita and not another. No. We must accept Bhagavad Gita without interpretation, without deletion, and without, without our own whimsical participation in the matter. The Gita should be taken as the most perfect presentation of Vedic knowledge. Vedic knowledge is received from transcendental sources and the first words were spoken by the Lord Himself. The words spoken by the Lord are called aparusheya, meaning that they are different from words spoken by a person of the mundane world who is infected with four defects. A, a mundaner, one, is sure to commit mistakes, two, is invariably illusioned, three, has the tendency to cheat others, and four, is limited by imperfect senses. With these four imperfections, one cannot deliver perfect information of all-pervading knowledge. Vedic knowledge is not imparted by such defective living entities. It was imparted unto the heart of Brahma, the first created living being. And Brahma, in his turn, <clears throat> disseminated this knowledge to his sons and disciples as he originally received it from the Lord. The Lord is Purnam, all-perfect, and there is no possibility of His becoming subjected to the laws of material nature. One should therefore be intelligent enough to know that the Lord is the only proprietor of everything in the universe and that He is the original creator, the creator of Brahma. In the eleventh chapter, the Lord is addressed as Pratipamaha because Brahma is addressed as Pitamaha, the grandfather, and he is the creator of the grandfather. So no one should claim to be the proprietor of anything. One should accept only things which are set aside from him by the Lord. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hare Krishna. In the eleventh chapter, <clears throat> the Lord is the Lord is addressed as Prapitamaha, because Brahma is addressed as Pitamaha, the grandfather, and he is the creator of the grandfather. So no one should claim to be the proprietor of anything. One should accept only things which are set aside for him by the Lord as his quota for his maintenance. There are many examples given of how we are to utilize those things which are set aside for us by the Lord. This is also explained in Bhagavad Gita. In the beginning, 
Arjuna decided that he should not fight in the battle of Kurukshetra. This was his own decision. Arjuna told the Lord that it was not possible for him to enjoy the kingdom after killing his own kinsmen. This decision was based on the body because he was thinking that the body, that the body was himself and that his bodily relations or expansions were his brothers, nephews, brothers-in-law, grandfathers, and so on. Therefore, he wanted to satisfy his bodily demands. Bhagavad Gita was spoken by the Lord just to change this view. And at the end, Arjuna decides to fight under the directions of the Lord when he says, Krishe Vachanam Tava I shall act <clears throat> according to your word. In this world, men are not meant for quarreling like cats and dogs. Men must be intelligent to realize the importance of human life and refuse to act like ordinary animals. A human being should realize the aim of his life and this direction is given in all Vedic literatures and the essence is given in Bhagavad Gita. Vedic literature is meant for human beings, not for animals. Animals can kill other living beings and there is no question of sin on their part. But if a man kills an animal for the satisfaction of his uncontrolled taste, he must be responsible for breaking the laws of nature. In the Bhagavad Gita it is clearly explained that there are three kinds of activities according to the different modes of nature, the activities of goodness, of passion, and of ignorance. Similarly, there are three kinds of eatables also, eatables in goodness, passion, and ignorance. All of this is clearly described, and if we properly utilize the instructions of Bhagavad Gita, then our whole life will become purified, and ultimately, we will be able to reach the destination mm, which is beyond this material sky. Yadgatva nanivartante taddhama paramamama Bhagavad Gita 15.6 That destination is called the Sanatan sky, the eternal spiritual sky. In this material world, we find that everything is temporary. It comes into being, stays for some time, produces some byproducts, dwindles, and then vanishes. That is the law of the material world. Whether we use as an example this body, or a piece of fruit, or anything. But beyond this temporary world, there is another world of which we have information. That world consists of another nature, which is sanatanan, sanatana, eternal. Jiva is also described as sanatana, eternal. And the Lord is also described as sanatana in the 11th chapter. We have an, inter we have an intimate relationship with the Lord, and because we are all qualitatively one, the sanatan dham, or sky, the Sanatan Supreme Personality and the 
Sanatan living entities. The whole purpose of Bhagavad Gita is to revive our Sanatan occupation or Sanatan Dharma, which is, which is the eternal occupation of the living entity. We are temporarily engaged in different activities, but all of these activities can be purified when we give up all these temporary activities and take up the activities which are prescribed by the Supreme Lord. That is called our pure life. The Supreme Lord and His transcendental abode are both sanatana, as are the living entities, and the combined association of the Supreme Lord and the living entities in the sanatana abode is the perfection of human life. The Lord is very kind to the living entities because they are His sons. Lord Krishna declares in Bhagavad Gita, Sarva Yonishu Aham Bija Pradapita I am the father of all. Of course, there are all types of living entities according to their various karmas. But here, the Lord cl claims but here the Lord claims that He is the Father of all of them. <clears throat> Therefore, the Lord descends to reclaim all of these fallen, conditioned souls. To call them back to the Sanatan eternal sky so that the Sanatan living entities may regain their eternal Sanatana positions in eternal association with the Lord. The Lord comes Himself in different incarnations or He sends His different, His confidential servants as sons or His associates or acharyas to reclaim the conditioned souls. Therefore, Sanatana Dharma does not refer to any sectarian process of religion. It is the eternal function of the eternal living entities in relationship with the eternal Supreme, Supreme Lord. Sanatan Dharma refers, as, previously, as stated previously, to the eternal occupation of the living entity. Sripad Ramanujacharya has explained the word Sanatan as that which has neither beginning nor end. So when we Sounds like that sounds like gunfire, doesn't it? Is it just fireworks? Excuse us, we take a little break to close the windows over here, so you'll be able to hear beyond the. Somebody's celebrating something. Sounds like India. Okay. Hmm. I'll read this paragraph again. Excuse the interruption. Therefore, Sanatan Dharma does not refer to any sectarian process of religion. It is the eternal function of the living entities in relationship with the eternal Supreme Lord. Sanatan Dharma refers, as stated previously, to the eternal occupation of the living entity. 
Sripad Ramanujacharya has explained the word Sanatana as that which has neither beginning nor end. So when we speak of Sanatana Dharma, we must take it for granted on the authority of Sripad Ramanujacharya that it has neither beginning nor end. The English word religion is a little different from Sanatana Dharma. Religion conveys the idea of faith and faith may change. One may have faith in a particular process and he may change this faith and adopt another. But, but Sanatana Dharma refers to that activity which cannot be changed. For instance, liquidity cannot be taken from water nor can heat be taken from fire. Similarly, the eternal function of the eternal living entity cannot be taken from the living entity. Sanatana Dharma is eternally integral with the living entity. When we speak of Sanatana Dharma, therefore, we must take it for granted on the authority of Sripad Ramanujacharya that it has neither beginning nor end. That which has neither be end nor beginning must not be sectarian, for it cannot be limited by any boundaries. Those belonging to some sectarian faith will wrongly consider that Sanatana Dharma is also sectarian. But if we go deeply into the matter and consider it in the light of modern science, it is possible for us to see that Sanatan Dharma is the business of all the people of the world, nay, of all the living entities of the universe. Non-Sanatan religious faith may have some beginning in the annals of human history, but there is no beginning to the history of Sanatan Dharma because it remains eternally with the living entities. Insofar as the living entities are concerned, the authoritative Shastras state that the living entity has neither birth nor death. In the Gita it is stated that the living entity is never born and he never dies. He is eternal and indestructible and he continues to live after the destruction of his temporary material body. In reference to the concept of Sanatana Dharma, we must try to understand the concept of religion from the Sanskrit root meaning of the word. Dharma refers to that which is constantly existing with a particular object. We conclude that there is heat and light along with the fire. Without heat and light, there is no meaning to the word fire. Similarly, we must discover the essential part of a living being, that part which is his constant, which is his constant companion. That constant companion is his eternal quality, and that eternal quality is his eternal religion. When Sanatan, when Sanatan Goswami asked Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu about the surup of every living being, the Lord replied that the surupa 
or constitutional position of a living being is the rendering of service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. If we analyze this statement of Lord Chaitanya's, we can easily see that every living being is constantly engaged in rendering service to another living being. A living being serves other living beings in various capacities. By doing so, the living entities enjoy life. The lower animals serve human beings as servants serve their master. A serves B, master, B serves C, master, and C serves D, master, and so on. Under these circumstances, we can see that one friend serves another friend, the mother serves the son, the wife serves the husband, the husband serves the wife, and so on. If we go on searching in this spirit, it will be seen that there is no exception in the society of living beings to the activity of service. The politician presents his manifesto for the public to convince them of his capacity for service. The voters therefore give the politician their valuable votes, thinking that he will render valuable service to society. The shopkeeper serves the customer and the artisan serves the capitalist. The capitalist serves the family and the family serves the state in terms of the eternal capacity of the eternal living being. In this way we can see that no living being is exempt from rendering service to other living beings and therefore we can safely conclude that service is the constant companion of the living being and that the rendering of service is the eternal religion of the living being. Yet man professes to belong to a particular type of faith with reference to a particular time and circumstance and thus claims to be a Hindu, Muslim, Christian, Buddhist or an adherent of any other sect. Such designations are, are non-sanatan dharma. A Hindu may change his faith to become a Muslim or a Muslim may change his faith to become a Hindu or a Christian may change his faith, and so on. But in all circumstances, the change of religious faith does not affect the eternal occupation of rendering service to others. The Hindu, Muslim, or Christian, in all circumstances, is servant of someone. Thus, to profess a particular type of faith is not to profess one sanatan dharma. The rendering of service is sanatan dharma. Factually, we are related to the Supreme Lord in service. The Supreme Lord is the Supreme Enjoyer and we living entities are His servant, servitors. We are created for His enjoyment and if we participate in that eternal enjoyment with the Supreme Personality of Godhead, we become happy. We cannot become happy otherwise. 
It is not possible to be happy independently. Just as no one, can, no one part of the body can be happy without cooperating with the stomach. It is not possible for the living entity to be happy without rendering transcendental loving service unto the Supreme Lord. In the Bhagavad Gita, worship of different demigods or rendering service to them is not approved. It is stated in the 7th chapter, 20th verse, Kamaistaistar Rittagyana Prapadyantain Yadevataha Tam Tang Niyamamastaya Prakritya Niyatak Swaha Swaya Those whose intelligence has been stolen by material desires surrender unto demigods and follow the particular rules and regulations of worship according to their own natures. Here it is plainly said that those who are directed by lust worship the demigods and not the Supreme Lord Krishna. When we mention the name Krishna, we do not refer to any sectarian name. Krishna means the highest pleasure and it is confirmed that the Supreme Lord is the reservoir or storehouse of all pleasure. We are all hankering after pleasure. Anandamayo Bhyasat Vedanta Sutra 1.1.12 The living entities like the Lord are full of consciousness and they are after happiness. The Lord is perpetually happy and if the living entities associate with the Lord, cooperate with Him and take part in His association, then they also become happy. The Lord descends to this mortal world to show His pastimes in Vrindavan, which are full of happiness. When Lord Sri Krishna was in Vrindavan, His activities with His cowherd boyfriends, with His damsel friends, with the other inhabitants of Vrindavan and with the cows were all full of happiness. The total population of Vrindavan knew nothing but Krishna. But Lord Krishna even discouraged his father Nanda Maharaj from worshipping the demigod Indra because he wanted to establish the fact that people need not worship any demigod. They need only worship the Supreme Lord because their ultimate goal is to return to His abode. The abode of Lord Krishna is described in the Bhagavad Gita, 15th chapter, 6th verse, Natad Basayate Suryo Nishashanko Napavakaha Yadgatva Nanivartante Taddama that supreme abode of mine is not illumined by the sun or moon nor by fire or electricity. Those who reach it never return to this material world. This verse gives a description of that eternal sky. Of course, we have a material conception of the sky and we think of it in relationship to the sun 
moon, stars, and so on. But in this verse, the Lord states that in the eternal sky, there is no need for the sun, nor for the moon, nor electricity, or fire, or any kind of, or any kind, because the spiritual sky is already illuminated by the Brahma Jyoti, the rays emanating from the Supreme Lord. We are trying with difficulty to reach other planets, but it is not difficult to understand the abode of the Supreme Lord. This abode is referred to as Goloka. In the, in the Brahma Sangita 5.37, it is beautifully described, Goloka eva nivasat jakilatma bhutaha. The Lord resides eternally in His abode, Goloka, yet He can be approached from this world. And to this end, the Lord comes to manifest His real form, Satchit Ananda Bigraha. When He manifests this form, there is no need for our imagining what He looks like. To discourage such imaginative speculation, He descends and exhibits Himself as He is, as Shamasunda. Unfortunately, the less intelligent deride Him because He comes as one of us and plays with us as a human being. But because of this, we should not consider the Lord one of us. It is by His omnipotency that He presents Himself in His real form before us and displays His pastimes, which are replicas of those pastimes found in His abode. In the effulgent rays of the spiritual sky, there are innumerable planets floating. The Brahma Jyoti emanates from the supreme abode, Krishna Loka, and the Anandamaya, Chinmaya planets, which are not material, float in those rays. The Lord says, Natad Basyate Suryo Nashashanko Napavakaha Yadgatva Nanivartante Taddama Paramamama. Bhagavad Gita 5.6 sorry. One who can approach that spiritual sky is not required to descend again to the material sky. In the material sky, even if we approach the highest planet, Brahmaloka, what to speak of the moon, we will find the same conditions of life, namely birth, death, disease, and old age. No planet in the material universe is free from these four principal principles of material existence. Hare Krishna. And this is 8 o'clock, and we'll stop here. Tomorrow we'll do part 4 of the introduction. And the paragraph begins... The living entities are traveling. Hare Krishna. It's so refreshing to hear the basics of Krishna consciousness spoken so uh, constructively and so precisely and clearly by His Divine Grace, Srila Prabhupada. An honest person, when he hears something that's true, 
becomes enlivened. So even if we hear something that's true again and again, we should not become bored. When we hear something that's true, that should enliven our intelligence and our mind. So hearing the Bhagavad Gita like this, directly from Srila Prabhupada, is the beginning of real happiness. Holy Krishna. Okay, if anybody heard anything that rang their bell, rang their chime, please let us know. <clears throat> First is something from Gopakanya Hare Krishna Gopakanya Devidasi Jai Maharaj Hare Krishna All glories to Srila Prabhupada Hare Krishna to all sincere hearers Friends of daily <coughs> readings of Srila Prabhupada's books Yes, they are our worshipable um, masters Rati Manjari Hare Krishna Rati She says Jai Guru Maharaj My saving grace Hare Krishna You're saving so many people out there <coughs> In your Harinam parties Brian Phillips Hare Bhakta Brian Hare Krishna Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Jai, all glories to Prabhupada. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you as always. As always, it is my pleasure. Hare Krishna. This is from Bhakta Charlie. Hey Bhakta Charlie, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj, so nice to see you back. Please accept my humble obeisances. Jai, all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you for today's reading. We heard that we should accept only that which is set aside as our quota by the Lord. I have read this a few times recently. What exactly does this mean? What is our quota? Well, the verse in Bhagavatam says that just as happiness or just as distress comes to us without our effort, so a certain degree of happiness comes to us without our effort. So we have a certain amount of happiness and distress that is our quota from the things that we've done before. So when we try, uh, especially intently and intensely, to change that, to get more happiness than we deserve or more suffering than we... Of course, nobody tries to get suffering, but this is the point. Uh, it means that things come to us without over-endeavor, without doing things that are so difficult that it entangles us and takes us away from our uh, eternal identity. And, uh, and real knowledge. Some people may be destined to have a lot of wealth. Some, some people may be destined to have nothing. But everyone 
can have Krishna consciousness. So if we be satisfied where we are, satisfied with our birth, satisfied with our situation, uh, and just endeavor to uncover our spiritual identity as is being described here so nicely by Śrīla Prabhupāda in the introduction to his Gītā, then we will become satisfied, we'll become happy. When we, when we try for, for things that are not actually necessary for us to do our duties, depending on our situation in life, our social situation, our age, our occupation, and all these things. Hare Krishna. Next is a comment from Bhakta Matsu. Hare Krishna Bhakta Matsu. Dandavat Pranams Maharaj. Jai Sri the Prabhupada. Jai Sri the Prabhupada. <coughs> Very much looking forward to reading the Gita followed by the Bhagavatam with you. Sitting at your feet hearing these literatures is my Krishna conscious lifeline. Well, it's my pleasure to be the lifeline. <laughs> what can I say? Happy. Happy. I'm happy. Also. I'm happy that you're happy. Prabhupada said that the Christian consciousness movement, the goal is, of this movement, is to make everyone happy. Next is from Bhakta Rupa. Haribo Bhakta Rupa. He says, Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances, all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Thank you for your reading. So nice to be with you again. This introduction makes a bigger bang than, the, than those fireworks. <laughs> I remember it was the first thing I ever read from Sri the Prabhupada and it blew my mind. Yes, absolutely. Likewise. His description of Sanatana Dharma tonight is so clear and impossible to argue with. Yes. All glories to Śrīla Prabhupāda. All glories to Śrīla Prabhupāda. His transcendental intelligence. He also quoted that service is the constant companion of the living being. Yes. And also it's wonderful how Prabhupāda seamlessly weaves descriptions of Vrindavan into the introduction of the Gita. Isn't it? Isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Thank you for those reflections. Those were very nice. The way you connected Vrindavan um, to the Gita was very nice. This is from Krishnangi Mulder. Krishnangi Mulder, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj, I offer my respects unto you and all the devotees. Haribo. I'm reflecting upon the beauty of the relationship with Krishna, serving to please him, and Krishna desiring our happiness too. What a master. Yes, what a good master. Perfect master. Just like when the when when we were little boys or little girls, and there was a bully on the block, 
that would always beat us up when we when we're walking down out the door and down the streets with our with with our hands in our father's hands and we see the bully we can just go to him and say come on come on you know cuz he's he's got the hand of his father and he knows that he to protect him just to show you the difference of how things are going when i was a, growing up in in the 50s there were these songs popular songs and one of the popular songs that went to the top of the charts was we've got the he's got the whole world in his hands he's got the whole wide world in his hands those are the lyrics that were going on in the 50s in america <laughs> now what are the lyrics Oh you can't even speak them in in mixed company Hari Krishna from Vilas Manjari Hari Krishna Vilas Manjari He says dear Maharaj please accept my humble obeisances Yeah I all glories to Prabhupada All glories to Sri the Prabhupada I've been reading the section but can't hear you read today Signal is freezing repeatedly here, but I will listen to the recordings, which are perfect. Yes, thank you very much for doing that. Thank you very much. Yeah, Facebook is in trouble, from what I hear. I mean, we're we're up to about, uh, I think, over six hundred now uh, subscriptions in our YouTube channel. So if you can encourage all of you your friends to su- just subscribe just push the button to subscribe uh if we can get it up to a thousand then we can actually change over to the youtube and have our daily readings just like we do here uh with in a much more solid platform when you go on now to to uh, open up the app on your phone of the of the Facebook, you know how many stars it's got out of five? Two. <laughs> and it's even less than two, it's 1.7. So help us out. Get all your friends, family, whoever you know to subscribe and get us over the 1,000 and then we'll change over to the, to the YouTube. And this is the rest of her comment. This is Vilas Manjari. Good. I appreciated this point that the Lord is perpetually happy and He descends to this mortal world to show His pastimes, Mm. which are full of happiness, Mm. and that we are naturally happy by rendering loving service to Him. Mm. It's such a refreshing change from the ideology I I grew up with of a judgmental God. All glories to Srila Prabhupada's books. All glories to Srila Prabhupada's transcendental literatures. <coughs> Sudevi Dasi says Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna Sudevi. Char- Bhakta Charlie says thank you so much Maharaj. Thank you Bhakta Charlie. From Sutter Esther. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Sadhya Esther. Dandavat Pranam. Jai Ho.
and more from Rati Manjari. Hari Bo, Rati. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my respectful obeisances. It is indeed fortifying to be with you each evening. Each evening again. Thank you for sharing your time with us. Well, yeah. you know, frankly, I'm getting your... When I, when I do this, I become so happy and full of life and full of vigor, you know, and uh, to hear the basics with devotees who like to hear is very strong spiritual experience. So the feeling's mutual. Thank you. She also says, yes, I loved that song. He's got the whole world in his hands. <laughs> so reassuring. And then from Vrajaloka, Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna, Vrajaloka. Hare Krishna, dear Guru Maharaj. Please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you for today's reading and for being here with us day to day. Today we read that Sanatana Dharma cannot be sectarian. On this subject, I am reminded that Srila Prabhupada said that no one has to change their religion. Everyone should chant Hare Krishna and become a better Christian, Mohammedan, and so on. To be honest, I did not fully understand this statement. However, a few months ago, a young boy joined our temple, studying to be a Methodist theologian. He is very serious about his own religion, but is also attracted to the practice of Krishna consciousness and has now moved into the church for one year. He is doing well in his sadhana here, but wants to continue to keep his own faith and practices. Perhaps through his example I will better understand what Prabhupada's statement above means. Can you give some thoughts on what it means in practical preaching to not think or act as sectarian? Thank you so much. Well, as Prabhupada said, uh, if you have uh, a piece of gold, uh, no one questions whether it's Indian gold or European gold or American gold. Gold is gold. So if a person is sincere, and following their religious principles, which few people are, by the way, if you ask them, who is God, very few people can say. So even though we're not sectarian, we're all worshipping the same God. God is the source of everything and, and the source of all these different religions. But still, the, the, the nearness, the... Uh, what was it that they say in American money, in God we trust. But if you ask any of them, who is God, they don't know. They don't know what the name of God is. They don't know what the... Some religions that are, that are sectarian, you can't, you're not allowed to say the name of God. If you, if you say the name of God, then you're condemned forever. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a principle that makes spiritual life uh, non-sectarian but there are impositions on those principles by sectarian people sectarian leaders that make it look sectarian 
So therefore, in that sense, you know, we are not sectarian and other religions are sectarian. We don't condemn other people. We accept uh, all living beings uh, as the children, as the, the emanations of, of, of Krishna. It's just some know more about it and some know less. But the principle is the same. So we're not sectarian, but if somebody wants to know more and more about God and what he looks like and what he does and what the spiritual world is and what it's like there, then they have to come to Krishna consciousness. And if they're sincere in their in their uh, sub-religious sub principle religion, you know, religion that is made up of more or less moral and sub-religious principles, eventually they'll come to Krishna consciousness in another lifetime. So that way we're not sectarian because we have an overview of the Lord that includes everybody and doesn't exclude anyone. Hare Krishna. And, uh, something more from Rati Manjari? Yes, Rati. I seem to remember reading in Srila Prabhupada's early diary, the beginning, his journals in New York, 19 1966, that he spoke this Bhagavad Gita introduction into his tape recorder on an evening that he expected guests, but nobody came. He just started speaking to the walls, and now millions are reading this sublime introduction. Could you confirm whether this is correct? I, I don't, I've never heard that before. The, the, the essence of it is true, that he just spoke it, you know, But but I, I've never heard that that he just spoke it because nobody came to the to the program or something. She just commented. She just commented something more. Yes, yeah, sure. He says yes. I found it here. Is the proof? Sunday, twentieth of February. Today, Mr. Banerjee did not come. Cohen and Salik came. Introduction to Gita Upanishad recorded two, hours, two sides, three hours. This later became the introduction to Bhagavad Gita as it is. Well, it doesn't say that he did that because they didn't come. Anyway, yes, Hare Krishna. Whatever it is, he spoke it, you know, from the dictaphone and it probably it practically came out as it is, as the introduction is. That's the point. From Bhaktarupa. Bhaktarupa, Haribo. He said, I really have missed being with you, Maharaj. So enlivening. Thank you. Well, I got news for you. I miss being here and reading the Gita to everyone and answering questions. This is, this is giving me new life. Thank you so much. Rati Manjari says, thank you. Thank you. Srimad Bhagavad Gita Ki Jai Samaveda Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Bo uh, Thank you all for coming. Please keep coming. Spread the word. Uh, try to get...
you know, more subscribers to the uh, YouTube channel, Daily Readings of Srila Prabhupada's Books, and let's get the heck out of Facebook, because <laughs> there's too many problems, too many problems. See you tomorrow night, same time, same place, same topic, the ongoing development of the Bhagavad Gita as it is. Hare Krishna. Hare Bol.